Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we inspire you to travel the world. And on today's episode, we have the dad venturist himself. Chris is actually from Toronto area, and now he's living in Manitoba. And he writes about parenting, he writes about fatherhood, he writes about travel, and much more. Um, so obviously, us dads, we definitely need to get more adventurous, and that's one of the reasons we brought him on the show. We're actually doing a series on Canadian dad bloggers. We've done about six episodes already, so make sure you check out some of the previous episodes with uh, some amazing dads from all across Canada. I'm actually from Vancouver, BC, Canada, and I have a blog called daddyblogger.com, so make sure to check out mine as well. Um, however, at the time of this interview, I'm actually traveling, so um, uh, our family is traveling in South America now, and we're in Medellin, Colombia. So through the miracle of technology, we're able to connect here live. <laughs> so Chris, uh, it'll be great to get to know you a little bit better if you want to share more about yourself to start. Okay, well, um, yeah, I'm a dad of two, uh, originally from the UK, um, then I moved to, well, traveled around a lot in uh, Europe and then in the Caribbean, and then uh, met my wife when we moved to Toronto, and then about six years, five and a half, six years ago, we ended up moving to Manitoba. Awesome. Well, hey, you glossed into that quickly, but uh, you moved from England, you met your wife, and you moved to Toronto. Fill us fill the gaps. <laughs> so we were actually uh, working on a ship uh, in the Mediterranean and um, kind of got together. And from there, we got off the ship and lived in England for two years. Um, and she is actually from Canada, from Toronto, Ontario. And so then she convinced me to come over to Canada. And we've never really left since. Well, you know what's amazing? You hardly have any of your UK accent left. I don't know what happened to you, but uh, obviously the Canadians had an influence and you've lost your UK British accent. I know, yeah, you can only hear it when I, when I say uh, strange things to Canadians like trousers. There you go. Uh, so uh, tell us about uh, your work on the cruise ship uh, because on our show we obviously cover a lot of travel. Uh, walk us through what made you actually uh, get a job, uh, you know, cruising around the Mediterranean and uh, you, I think you said the Caribbean, et cetera. Yeah, so basically I uh, got out of college uh, from doing athletic therapy um, and wanted to travel and the best thing for me was to join a cruise ship and have some fun, travel and work as well. Uh, so I worked for six months in the Caribbean, so I did the Panama Canal, did Aruba and St. Lucia, Haiti, like all around there. And then we actually did a transatlantic cruise all the way to Portugal and then went around the whole of Europe, like the Mediterranean kind of thing, and uh, visited a bunch of countries there, Greece and Croatia. And, and that's when uh, Sheena, my wife, came on, and she was a fitness instructor, so it kind of went hand in hand as athletic therapy and uh, fitness instructing. And uh, that's kind of how we got together. Awesome. Well, definitely a match made in heaven there with the two uh, occupations. <laughs> Uh, so you were living in the UK originally. Um, what made you actually leave the UK with your wife to actually move to Canada? Because you said you mentioned uh, you were living there for a few years. Yeah, we lived there for about two years and we were going through uh, visa and residency for both countries. And uh, then we kind of just felt like a change. So um, it happily coincidence at that same time, our residency came through for Canada. And so we just literally sold everything and packed a couple of suitcases and off we went to uh, Toronto. And yeah, it was uh, probably one of the best things I've ever done. I love living in Canada. 
You know, um, on our previous, uh, I think it was about four or five episodes ago, we interviewed uh, James um, Smith, who's actually from the UK as well, and now he's living in Vancouver. And I asked him a few questions about how is life, uh, how is life as a UK expat in Canada. So I'm going to ask you the same thing, and we'll see how close the answers match. Um, so tell us about your time in uh, Canada in terms of the good things, but also some of your struggles because it's not always rosy and uh, good. Tell us about both. Uh, I think. I think. I mean, I love living in Canada. I think that the uh, the people are so nice, like just want to help you. And in Manitoba now, friendly Manitoba is the uh, the catchphrase on your license plate, and uh, that really is true. Like nobody, there's no fear of anything or really like that. It's it's just really really friendly, and everybody uh, wants to give you an opportunity to be like a good person and. That's something I, I really, really enjoy here. There's so much opportunity. Um, I, guess, I guess one of the struggles, though, is when we first moved over, uh, it's hard for, I guess, someone that's not from Canada to maybe get into the job market sometimes, um, which I can see, like, you're looking at 10 Canadian uh, applicants who you can see what they've done and you understand their qualifications, and then you have one person who isn't from Canada, and it's kind of a toss-up between do you take a chance, but at least someone took a chance on me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, that's obviously tough. I think with any immigrant anywhere, usually they favor the locals and the immigrants is kind of in a catch-22 because they always get asked, like, where's your work experience? Well, I'm like, if you don't hire me, how can I get work experience? <laughs> so it's like this vicious cycle of never-ending uh, being stuck. Yep. Yeah, and then you, then I was lucky. The first job I got was uh, rock climbing instructing, which I used to do uh, recreationally. And uh, the the wife of the person that owned uh, owned the company was English, so it was kind of like an in that I had, and that got me through. And <laughs> there you go, a fellow fellow Pommy, right? Fellow Pommy helping other. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I'm curious to know about your uh, favorite places. You traveled around the world. You mentioned uh, you did the Caribbean. You did uh, a Panama Canal. You even did the transatlantic to Portugal, Mediterranean. What are your uh, favorite countries out of all of those places you visit in your cruise ship career? Um, it's hard to say. There's, uh, I guess you travel a few times. It's, it's really easy to pick out, like, oh, this was the best place or this was the best place. And the more you travel, the more you realize that it's like every place has an amazing thing. Um, we just came back from uh, my wife was doing a yoga course in India. So I took uh, the two girls, just me and the girls, and traveled around southern India for three weeks. And it was the most amazing experience. And not just because we did all these things and it was a new culture for us, but just being able to show my daughters like different things and so that really made it um, and I find the more I travel with my more that every place you can kind of look out with that like child view of like everything is awesome and just want to try all these things and I think that's for me right now travels trying to kind of change from um, oh I have to go to this place or I have to go to this place to Oh, what can I experience with my family? And that's what really makes traveling for me adventurous and everything like that is the, the sharing of it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned you actually traveled in India um, with your daughters. I mean, that's actually quite difficult. I'm actually, my background is Indian. And um, I, I actually traveled to pretty much every state in India as a backpacker in my 20s, with the exception of the Northeast. I did the South area and in the Northwest and Agra, you know, uh, Taj Mahal, Varanasi, up to the Northwest, Northwest area, the Sikkim area and Darjeeling. And I absolutely love India. And uh, I found it hard um, as a Canadian, Indian-born Canadian. Um, yep. Sorry, sorry. Canadian-born Indians. <laughs> a Canadian, I'm born in Vancouver, actually. So, um, and I, I found it difficult because no one really fully accepted me as Indian, and no one fully accepted me as Canadian. They're like, "You're a traitor. You've left your home and native land, and now you're living." <laughs> so I found it a struggle, and I know a lot of um, foreigners. They have a difficult time with, uh, for example, um, bargaining, being ripped off, uh, especially when the Indians they rip you off and they have this massive smile on your face. You have no idea <laughs> they're charging you too much. And obviously, there's things like the deli belly, et cetera. So I'm really curious. Um, I haven't actually taken my kids. Um, uh, we've taken them to the Philippines, where my wife's from. But I really want to take my kids to India to see their ethnic roots. So I'm really curious to know how it was um, with you traveling with young kids in India. Uh, honestly, it was amazing. Um, there's a few things you have to get used to. Um, like everybody wants to take their picture with your kids. Uh, it seems like a thing. It's not uh, malicious or anything like that. It's just. Uh, we want to take pictures. It's a big selfie culture, I guess. There's a lot of selfies going on. So uh, there was a lot of that. And then, uh, yeah, just getting used to the food a little bit and uh, getting used to the travel. Like, there's a very different timeline. So you have to be fairly flexible with, oh, well, I may not get there for another two hours, but that's fine. I think it's just like uh, going to maybe Jamaica or someone like that where you're on a different time and you just have to chill out, just let it go and let kind of the, the flow of India just take, take you. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, like Jamaica, Trinidad, all these places, they have, uh, what do you call it, island time, hashtag island time. And it's pretty much, you know, yep. when, whenever, whenever, you know, when is the bus leaving, you know, whenever it's full, when, when, is, the ferry, <laughs> when is the ferry going from between the islands? Oh, it's actually broken, you know, it might be fixed by the end of the week. And they're so, like, nonchalant about it. I'm like, oh, I need to go from place to place, you know, like, uh, um, but, but I guess, uh, you know, as a foreigner in their country, you have to adapt to them, not the other way around. And India, I mean, uh, for the most part, the trains are pretty good. The train system is amazing, actually. Uh, but, but like you said, uh, nothing fully runs on time, so <laughs> it's difficult if you have schedules. Yeah, we, uh, we took the, one of the trains, uh, the Negril Rail, Nigiri Railway. Uh, it's like a toy, like a train that has a cog in it that goes all the way up the mountain. And it was awesome, but we uh, made the mistake of not reserving seats. So we just turned up at the uh, train station and into reserved class, and it was awesome. Like, you're packed in there, and the girls were, like, loving it. They were playing and looking out the window and everything like that, and it was almost better than having a reserved seat in an air-conditioned cabin. That's not really what I'm looking for. I'm looking for our family to experience, like, how you travel, and that's part of it. Yeah, definitely the authentic local experience. Right, so you mentioned your um, your wife was actually on a yoga retreat. So did you actually travel with your wife and your daughters or just with your daughters alone? Uh, no, just with my daughters. Uh, my wife traveled uh, a couple of weeks early to start her course, and she was there for five weeks. And then two weeks later, I flew with both my daughters from Winnipeg to Delhi and then down to Kochi, and we traveled around southern India, like Kerala, uh, for two and a half weeks and then went to Goa to meet my wife.
So obviously that was a great uh, time of bonding, um, like a father-daughter's um, date, like not just one date, but like a two-week date. <laughs> so, um, you know, obviously that must be difficult with the young girls throwing tantrums or uh, you having to look at them 24-7. So how was it like, um, you know, traveling as a dad alone with two young kids? Um, I think traveling with two kids of any age is probably tricky. Um, two kids under uh, four years old. So uh, one of my daughters is one and one's three years old. So uh, it makes it a little trickier because they're just at that stage where they want to run here and run there and run everywhere. And um, But I find that I found that even on airlines and airports or everything like that, people just couldn't do enough to help you. Um, it was nice. Uh, I'm sure moms will, uh, will hate saying this, but it seems like as a dad, everybody was surprised that I was traveling with my two kids alone and they just really wanted to like help and do all this stuff for me. And so it made it a lot easier in, in that respect. Um, but yeah, while we're in India, it's definitely, uh, you have to be on the ball and you have to be just like anywhere, try and keep, keep them corralled like herding cats. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I'm sure uh, the main question people kept asking is, where's mom? Where's mom? Where's the mom? Yep, exactly. Oh, why, where's the mom? What, why, why are you traveling with the mom? And they just couldn't believe that, uh, oh, well, I'm just, she's in school and I'm, we're just traveling around and, and people are quite shocked uh, about a dad traveling alone with his kids, which maybe is an unfortunate thing for us dads because, I mean, we're parents too. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, how was it with uh, flying the kids alone? Because I think you need some kind of documentation to show that uh, you're not kidnapping them or you're trying to not steal them to another country. I, I, I mean, unfortunately, that happens in our day and age, so uh, they're just doing their best to protect it. Uh, did you need any kind of documentation to show when you got, got to India? Yeah, we actually did a, a notarized letter. So we, we did a letter up, we kind of found it on the internet, and then... Uh, we went to the local solicitors, local lawyer, and he is notary, and he just kind of witnessed that we signed it and stamped it with his thing, and I, I kept two copies with me, so in case they wanted to keep one, and if I needed one on the way out, or anything like that, so they said you only need one copy, but I guess I like, I like having doubles of everything, just to be safe. Yeah, it's actually good to have uh, doubles of everything, multiple places. So maybe in your small day pack, some in your major suitcase, and then obviously some you email to yourself, and then your backup, yep. backup, and then you're completely 100% safe. Exactly. It's never. Uh, I uh, actually just wrote a blog about kind of staying safe while traveling, and that was one of the things. Like, make sure you email it to yourself. Make sure you give kind of a package to your friend who you trust, and make sure you have a couple of copies on yourself because you never know what could happen. Bags go missing and stuff like that. And if all of your documents are in there. And that really makes it hard. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you mentioned your blog a few times already. So tell us a little bit about the origin story. Uh, where did you come up with the idea of um, you know the blog? The name also is very creative. And, and tell us a little bit about the conception. Well, I guess um, I've always been an adventurous person, uh, climbing and kayaking and skydiving and doing all this stuff with traveling too. Um, and when my daughters were born, uh, we didn't stop traveling. We still went all these different places, even when there were, I think my eldest daughter took her first flight when she was about six weeks old. So um, we just have kept going. Uh, we didn't want it to, we wanted to change our life, but not 
stop us from traveling. Um, so then after my second daughter, there was a lot more uh, people asking for advice about, well, how do you travel or how do you do these things with having two young children? Um, so yeah, I kind of thought, oh, well, let's, let's start a blog and it'll help me be more mindful about me as a dad and about traveling and it might help other people too. Um, so kind of was looking for a way of, of putting that together and the dad adventurist came up and it's kind of like a, a catchy name, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it started. It started about six months ago. Um, just like I say, being more mindful and trying to connect with other dads because there's a little community in Canada at least and there's other communities around and it's nice to feel like sometimes you're a dad and you kind of on your own as a dad sometimes. So it's nice to feel that connection with other dads going through the same things and stuff like that. So you mentioned something interesting. You said, uh, you know, before you got married, you were very adventurous and then, uh, you know, uh, rock climbing and bungee jumping, skydiving, obviously cruising around the world with your former career. Um, I actually was kind of similar to you, Chris. Um, before I got married, I was actually back. I wasn't cruising around, but I was actually backpacking around. I went to your neck of the woods in England. I did a working holiday over in, in London. Then I backpacked around Europe. Then I actually taught English in Japan and I traveled through Asia, Southeast Asia, into Australia, studied in Australia for three years. And then I actually came back to Vancouver, where I'm from, and I uh, met my wife, got married, had kid number one, kid number two, kid number three, and then everything changed. I, I like obviously I'd become domesticated, I'd become suburbanized. <laughs> I was going through depression. I was like, you know, like this is amazing. My wife's amazing. My kids are amazing. But is this all there is to life? Um, you know, living in the suburbs, paying off a mortgage, going back and forth from work, dropping the kids off in daycare. And I actually was, um, you know, to be honest with you, I was unhappy. And I think a lot of dads face this. Um, so I'm curious about your journey as a adventurous dad to a domesticated dad and how you're dealing with it because I think that other people are maybe struggling with the stuff I mentioned. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. It's um, definitely as soon as you, once you kind of have kids, um, I mean, not necessarily when you get married, like my wife, Sheena, is crazier than I am. She loves traveling. She loves adventure sports. Like she'll do anything. Um, but definitely once you start having kids, that really adds to the the mix. Um, you Now you have to kind of, you can't go snowboarding on the weekend just at the drop of a hat or you can't do this and that. And jumping out of planes seems like a bit dangerous with a kid strapped to you in a baby Bjorn. So <laughs> it uh, makes it a little harder. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I guess when we decided to have kids, we both agreed that we were going to, as much as possible, uh, still do everything that we loved to do. Um, so starting from a young age, then our kids are used to doing these things. We have a rock climbing wall in our back garden, and we have hooks up on the, the side of the deck here where they can hang upside down and stuff like that, and just uh, traveling and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, definitely some days when you're you're driving to work and it's in the winter in Canada and Manitoba it gets light in the winter at nine and it gets dark again at four thirty. So I'm driving to work in the dark and coming back in the dark and it does get hard. And like you say, you can get kind of down and a bit depressed. Um, but I think the way we get over it is having mini adventures. So not every adventure can be a month long, but if we can go kayaking for a weekend, camping all together and, 
just get out of our headspace and get our kids outdoors and or even if we're going to like this weekend we just went to Winnipeg and went to see a ballet in the park performance because my daughters love ballet and it's an open-air theater and we stayed overnight in a hotel and it was just let these mini adventures really keep you from getting too stuck or bogged down by work because let's be honest we don't all want to work forever so you got to have these little things to uh, shine through I love those practical examples you do, you know, setting up stuff in the backyard and, uh, you know, um, in the patio or the porch or the deck, um, taking little mini adventures, road trips, um, you know, that obviously helps. Um, it doesn't have to be as drastic as what we did when we left Vancouver to travel. But, uh, you know, you got to figure out a way, I think, because uh, a lot of dads, they sit on the couch watching the Winnipeg Jets or the Vancouver Canucks or the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Ottawa Senators, and they're actually not happy. And I know it, I know it, because I've talked to them and I've listened to them and I've heard between, I've read between the lines. So good on you for what you're doing, you know, inspiring dads to be more adventurous and uh, uh, still living the travel lifestyle, even as a dad of two young kids. Uh, so, Chris, I'm, I'm curious about your vision. Uh, you know, here we are in um, August 2017 now, and uh, you, you have two young kids living in the, um, Manitoba. Tell us about your vision going forward, uh, you know, in the next few months, years, and beyond. Well, I mean, I think in the next few, few months at least, we're uh, going to try and plan another trip maybe. Uh, we've been talking about uh, going to Nepal for a couple of weeks and doing some hiking. Uh, both my girls love running around, hiking outdoors. So it seems like a perfect place to go. Um, and me as a, a climber, I obviously it's my dream to go there. So if we can get them going there young and, and take a few trips there, it's even better. Um, and I guess going on from that, like I would love to think that a year down the line or a couple of years down the line, I could do the same as you're doing. Just say, okay, let's, uh, let's take a year off and we'll just go and travel and experience life and get the kids out there and they can do a bit of school here and a bit of school there and a bit of school with us and I think a year of that would teach them more than a year of schooling will ever teach them so I think that would be something in the future that I'd love to do and I know my wife would love to do too um, I think traveling is the best education you can get yeah, you know, I, I definitely echo your sentiments there. Um, I, I, we purposely did it when they're young because uh, we knew it would be much harder to pull them out when they're maybe in elementary school, obviously high school. They might not want to hang out with mommy and daddy. <laughs> they're young. My daughter's five and my son's three and the other little guy's one. And we traveled, um, you know, when they're young. And uh, we're going to continue to travel. We don't know exactly how that will look like in the next few years either. Uh, but uh, definitely travel will be a huge part of our lifestyle. And it is, it is, it is totally the best education in the world. Yeah, I think once it gets in your blood to uh, to travel, and if you can get it in your kids' blood to travel, it definitely makes them more adventurous in life in general. Like you, they're out here traveling and meeting people and adapting themselves, adapting their sleep patterns and stuff like that. Well, all of that doesn't go away when we come home, so it it kind of teaches them to be like just a kind person and a good person to to adapt to these things and and. Try. You got to try and be good to people, and that's what you got to do when you're traveling. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's been uh, great uh, chatting with you. I love, absolutely love talking with fellow Canadian dads, especially around the subject of travel, because uh, a lot of the dads I know in Vancouver they don't travel enough. So uh, when I meet someone like you, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, you get it, you get it, you get it. 
So uh, how, how can people connect with you, Chris? You have an amazing website, you're inspiring people to travel, and you're, you're writing about your travels. Um, you know, you mentioned things like your blog post about safety uh, on the road. Um, tell us about how people can connect with you on social media and your blog. Oh, well, I have, uh, I'm on Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram, uh, The Dad Venturist. And also on uh, my, my blog, I have a contact as well. And yeah, I'd love to hear, I love hearing stories from like adventurous dads and, and or even dads that want to be adventurous and are taking those first few steps, like, like building a climbing wall or like taking their kids out for their first kayaking trip or camping in the back garden even. I love hearing those stories and I love sharing those stories as well. Um, so yeah, I'd like to encourage people to contact me as much as you want. Like um, I may not reply straight away because I'm a working dad too, but I'll definitely get back to you and and maybe we can work together or something like that. I, I, it really yeah, inspires me. What's the www.thedadventurist.com. So definitely check out the Dad Ventures. Check out my site as well, uh, daddyblogger.com. And uh, there's a whole bunch of other parents who uh, travel, um, you know, uh, regularly with their kids doing adventures. So make sure you find them out and scope them out and uh, get inspired by them. And maybe you'll be on the road as well. So thanks, Chris, for your time today. And, uh, you know, it was great chatting with you. Happy travels. And we'll catch up with you soon. Cheers, Ricky. Thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode where we inspire you to travel, not just as a solo traveler in your 20s or, a, you know, working a cruise ship, but even as a dad of young kids, you can do it too. So it was great having Chris on the show sharing his stories about traveling in India with uh, young kids all by himself and then obviously doing the other family adventures, even in his backyard and even in his home and native land of Canada. So thanks again, everyone, for tuning into this episode. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. That helps us out. Leave us a rating and review. Uh, follow us uh, all over the social media as well, Digital Nomad Mastery. We have an active, active and engaged community on Facebook called Digital Nomad Mastery Community. So join there and connect with fellow traveling families and just travelers in general. So thanks, everyone. Happy travels. We'll catch up with you soon.